This is the audiobook podcast of Impromptu, Amplifying Our Humanity Through AI. It is narrated using voice technology from Microsoft Labs that has been trained on my voice. We are working on the frontier of things, and that is plainly audible. Some parts feel stunningly indistinguishable from my own reading to even me. Others don't sound very human at all. They feel way off in tone of voice, timing, cadence, etc. My philosophy has always been to launch early, even if you're truly embarrassed by your first product, and learn rather than wait until things are perfect. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to your feedback. Chapter 4, Journalism. For the American journalism industry, it's been 20 years of mostly bad news. With the rise of the internet competition for ad dollars from non-news players has destroyed the industry's traditional business models. Even as participation from a public that finally empowered to talk back has slowly eroded journalism's authority. Newspaper publishers, which have traditionally done the heavy lifting of holding power accountable and informing the public about current affairs, have suffered the worst of it. According to the Pew Research Center, more than 2,200 local U.S. papers have closed since 2005, and over 40,000 newsroom employees have lost their jobs. Meanwhile, we keep producing more and more information, like a lot of it. Can you quantify how much information the world produces each day in 2022? Also, can you provide any statistics that help illustrate how fast this overall information production is growing over time? Finally, I'd like to use your reply as part of an argument. I'm making that large language models can play a significant positive role in the journalism industry. So please don't make stuff up. Base your reply on real sources that can be easily checked. According to a report by the International Data Corporation, IDC, the world is expected to produce about 175 zettabytes of data by 2025, which is equivalent to 175 trillion gigabytes. This means that the average daily data creation in 2025 would be about 479.5 billion gigabytes. Assuming a linear growth rate from 2020 to 2025, the average daily data creation in 2022 would be about 374.4 exabytes, or 374.4 billion gigabytes. To put this number in perspective, one exabyte of data is enough to store about 250 million DVDs, or to stream Netflix for 86 million years. For the record, I fact-checked this reply, and it appears to be correct. We're now producing approximately 375 billion gigabytes of data per day. Naturally, only a small percentage of this data is newsworthy. If we're to achieve any degree of clarity in this world and information, superabundance, to effectively set priorities and maintain accountability, we need institutions that can effectively aggregate, summarize, analyze, and generally make sense of this daily data tsunami for journalism with its long institutional experience in storytelling, error correction, contextualizing, and overall truth-seeking. This represents both a huge challenge and a massive opportunity. I believe the industry is up to that challenge, but only if its most responsible and ambitious practitioners adopt tools that can dramatically amplify the efforts and impacts of their human employees. To me, 
That means embracing tools like GPT-4 sooner rather than later. I asked GPT-4 to generate a travel advisory for a dystopian 2032 where new AI technologies enable large-scale disinformation. Imagine it's 2032 in the months leading up to the U.S. presidential election. Thanks to new AI technologies, fake news at scale pollutes the massive quantities of information we as a society now produce. It's truly a dystopian hellscape. There are fake celebrity endorsements of candidates, false confessions from candidates, manipulated real-time debates, streaming at the same time. The real debates are happening, a hologram of Jesus in a MAGA cap, showing up on stage at political rallies, write a 150-word travel advisory for potential voters seeking news and information they can use to help guide the choices they will ultimately make on election day. Possible travel advisory. Attention voters, you are about to enter a dangerous zone of misinformation, deception, and manipulation. The AI-powered fake news industry is working overtime to influence your vote and undermine your democracy. Do not trust any source of information without verifying its credibility, authenticity, and accuracy. Beware of deepfakes, synthetic voices, holograms, and other forms of digital trickery that can create realistic but false images and sounds. Use fact-checking tools, independent media outlets, and your own critical thinking skills to distinguish between facts and fiction. Do not share or spread any content that you are not sure is true or that could harm others. Seek out diverse and respectful perspectives from different sources and communities. Remember, your vote is your voice, and it matters. Do not let the fake news win. Stay informed, stay safe, and stay engaged. Holy crap, you may be saying right now, the prompt was hologram MAGA Jesus, and GPT-4 thinks the antidote is critical thinkings. Unfortunately, when it comes to ensuring that truth has a future, the simple answer is that there are no simple answers. But optimist that I am, I see at least three clear steps we can take to help preserve society's capacity for truth-seeking. One, truth-seeking institutions must learn to work faster. Two, truth-seeking institutions must engage audiences better. Three, truth-seeking institutions must flood the zone with truth. The common denominator in achieving these steps, I believe it's AI. Section one, accelerate the presses. Ask a journalist the value that most shapes their work, and there's a good chance they'll say accuracy, but there's a reason journalism is often described as the first rough draft of history. In journalism, as in many industries, speed matters. Whether journalists are reporting on wars, political campaigns, weather events, market conditions, or an extremely popular new restaurant. They're forever battling the clock to gather information as quickly as they can to deliver some working theory of the truth to their audiences. Sometimes this imperative of speed means that journalists' rough drafts of history are rough indeed. Context goes missing, important aspects of a story have not yet surfaced. So while most of us may think of journalism as a product, it's ultimately a process iterative and self-correcting. Ideally, Tomorrow's stories refine, clarify, and expand on today's. Accuracy is a persistent defining value, but so is speed. 
that's a major reason I believe GPT-4 and other AI tools will have such an outsized net positive impact on journalism. It'll help news organizations gather, produce, and distribute the news faster than ever before. This includes automatically sifting through massive troves of public records to find the important stories hidden within. It means monitoring and analyzing 800 plus million social media posts a day to do the same. It means generating headlines and transcribing interviews in seconds and packaging and personalizing the same basic information in the many different styles and formats. Are you fucking kidding me? I imagine some journalist reader is acronyming right now. You want to use GPT-4, which definitely still has that uh, pesky side effect of making shit up to amplify journalism's misguided mandate to be first, more than factual, half-baked, and half right. If it speeds, it leads. Hold your tweets, please. That's not what I mean. Moving forward, good journalism will still require painstaking work and judicious, but urgent human discernment and assessment. Good journalism will still require a prudent, thorough, multi-stage editorial process that's not changing anytime soon. Sometimes the process won't actually be that fast. Sometimes it won't be error-free, However, as I suggested, above speed has always informed the journalistic process. In fact, because of this need for speed, good journalism has always quickly adopted and then effectively leveraged great technology, including printing presses, cameras, tape recorders, TV networks, the internet, and smartphones, all of which accelerated and amplified the production and distribution of news. Now it's happening again, Overall, AI tools will help journalists work more productively and more effectively. As for GPT-4's capacity to hallucinate, journalists should obviously take special care regarding this aspect of GPT-4 and review its outputs accordingly. Powerful tools always require higher standards of attention and expertise, whether it's cars, chainsaws, or complex algorithms, it's the price these tools charge for the productivity they deliver. Besides with the ongoing rapid evolution of large language models in a year or two, the rates at which they generate hallucinations are likely to be much lower than they are now. In the meantime, given how GPT-4 can potentially amplify news organizations' overall productivity, I believe the vigilance required to manage GPT-4's current shortcomings is a smart investment for them to make. In fact, journalism's long-established culture of verification and correction are perfectly suited to the task. Section two, question authoritatively. In one of the first prompts I entered when I started researching this chapter, I asked GPT-4 to summarize some of the most prominent instances over the last 10 years where AI-assisted reporting helped a news organization break an important story. This quickly yielded some very specific and in-depth information, but it also included some errors knowing what I know about GPT-4. It sometimes makes things up. I knew I'd need to check this information against other sources. And Google and Wikipedia certainly played a useful role in this part of the process. In the end though, the key to getting me up to speed here was GPT-4. While the information it had provided was partially wrong, it was also mostly right. And most importantly, GPT-4 produced this information extremely quickly. When I Googled the same kind of information, it offered me dozens of links, some of which 
look promising, others not. The Wikipedia experience differed in details, but not in results. With GPT-4 though, its capacity to instantly synthesize information from a wide range of sources meant that I received exactly the kind of list I'd been envisioning within seconds. This list contained errors, but that was okay because, and this is a key point, I wasn't looking for or expecting a finished product. I was looking for an informed starting point, a rough map of the territory I wanted to explore to help me quickly get a sense of which questions I should be asking. Having thus oriented myself, I then spent a fair amount of time querying GPD-4 about the ways that the Associated Press, Reuters, the Washington Post, Bloomberg News, the Guardian, the New York Times and others have incorporated AI into their news gathering, production, distribution and business functions. Far more time than I'd planned to spend, to be honest. That's because interacting with GPD-4 is not like traditional web searching Instead, it's better evoked by a term that was popular back in the early days of Web 1.0. Web surfing, a dialogue develops, a flow state takes over. You ask GPT for a question and it responds right away with highly relevant information, not just a series of links. So then you immediately think of more questions and ask those, thus the process of discovery that can often feel halting and frustrating using traditional search methods oh, I guess that link isn't really about AI and journalism at all. It feels more like steady progress toward greater awareness and understanding. This, I believe, is a huge part of what's fueling the immense popularity of GPT-4's sibling ChatGPT. The experience itself is so responsive and self-propelling that a kind of intellectual escalation kicks in. Asking one question makes you want to ask 10. This phenomenon, I also realized, was a big part of the story I should tell in this chapter. Initially, I had assumed that I would highlight automated journalism, describing how news organizations are already using databases and template-driven AI systems to produce thousands of stories about corporate earnings reports, weather, forecasts, sports, events, and more. But while automated journalism does represent a strategic opportunity for news organizations, conversing with GPT-4 took me down a different path. Uh, the story I found most compelling in terms of its potential impact on the journalism industry is how GPT-4 itself can increase consumers' engagement. People are gonna like news more when they have more control over how it's delivered. And as a result, I suspect they'll want more of it. Section three, extra, extra, ask all about it. Delivering highly personalized user experiences has driven internet development for more than 30 years. Platforms like YouTube, Facebook, and Amazon all keep close tabs on the content you consume, then use it to recommend more content they think you will like. News media websites use personalization too. And as I continued to submit various questions to GBD4 about AI's potential impact on journalism, personalization was a recurring theme. When I asked GPT-4 how this personalization would work, here's what it replied. To make news media websites more personalized, what data will these websites use to analyze readers' behavior and preferences? News media websites will use data such as the reader's location, the type of device they are using, their browsing history, and the articles they have previously read or interacted with. 
They can also analyze which articles the reader has shared on social media, how long they spend on the website, and which sections they visit most frequently. Additionally, data on the reader's age, gender, and interests can be used to personalize content. This data can be obtained through cookies, surveys, and user accounts, among other methods. By analyzing this data, news media websites can tailor their content to the reader's preferences and interests, providing a more personalized experience. In other words, the traditional approach, not too innovative. Meanwhile, as I noted above the conversational chat approach, the GPT-4 and especially its sibling, ChatGPT, were themselves using offered its own powerful but significantly different version of personalization. In contrast to how traditional web-based personalization works with websites perpetually surveilling users over time, GPT-4 and ChatGPT simply offer a hybrid response of information to your queries and prompts in real time. This is both a somewhat obvious observation about how these large language models operate, but also an underappreciated one. Indeed, it's not just their human-like fluency and seeming expertise on so many subjects that makes them so popular. Unlike chatbots designed to promote a product or politician GPT-4 and ChatGPT are not only able, but also incredibly willing to focus on whatever you want to talk about. This simple dynamic creates a highly personalized user experience as an exchange with GPT-4 progresses. You are continuously fine-tuning it to your specific preferences in that moment. While this high degree of personalization informs whatever you're using GPT-4 for, I believe it has special salience for the news media industry. Imagine a future where you go to a news website and use queries like these to define your experience there. Hey, Wall Street Journal, give me 100-word summaries of your three most read tech stories today. Hey, CNN, show me any climate change stories that happened today involving policymaking. Hey, New York Times, can you create a counter-argument to today's Paul Krugman op-ed using only news articles from your archives as its sources? Hey, USA Today, please point me toward any stories today that would be interesting to professional educators. Hey, Fox News, can you give me a list of reader comments that are getting the most engagement today? At the heart of this approach, journalists are still creating the content that serves as the starting point for user experiences. Now, however, users get to take a much more active role in deciding what they consume and how they consume it. By enabling this functionality on their websites, news organizations can capitalize on the same one question that gets 10 questions dynamic driving, ChatGPT's growth. In addition, this functionality would also create new opportunities for trust, which of course is a bilateral phenomenon. While I personally trust many news organizations generally, I also think most news organizations have not done nearly as much as they could do to engage their users more productively, to treat them more like active participants rather than passive consumers. But giving users more power to define their own news consumption pathways would be one genuinely substantive way to do that. Finally, such functionality would also help news organizations maximize the full value of all the information they've generated over the years in making this information more accessible and better integrated into their ongoing efforts. It would likely both increase engagement and also serve as a strong statement about their own transparency and accountability.
in compiling the list of example queries above, I obviously chose some that show how users could effectively fact check a news organization with its own content. A prospect that might seem self-defeating in an age where millions of internet watchdogs are looking for any chance to howl fake news at mainstream news sources. But transparency and accountability are the true north of any society that aspires to truth-seeking. And in a world overwhelmed by misinformation, disinformation, and simply too much information, it becomes especially necessary for truth-seekers to live the values they work to preserve. Section four, rebuilding trust in the 21st century. I saw an article recently that seemed so relevant to AI's potential impact on journalism. I think it's worth including here in full. Putin claims AI disinformation tools are weapons of mass destruction. By Anton Troyanovsky. Moscow, President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia, a longtime foe of Western democracies, warned on state TV on Tuesday of a new threat, artificial intelligence technologies that can generate fake news and other disinformation. Mr. Putin named ChatGPT, Dali, and other AI tools that can create realistic texts, images, and videos from a few words, as examples of technologies that can manipulate public opinion, sad discord, and erode trust in reality. These tools are weapons of mass destruction that can deceive, manipulate, and harm millions of people, not only in our country, but in any country on earth, Mr. Putin said. Mr. Putin accused the leaders of the US and China, where such technologies are being developed, of having a moral obligation to ban them immediately, and to cooperate with international organizations to prevent their misuse. If they do not act now, they will be responsible for unleashing a new form of warfare that will endanger the lives and livelihoods of billions of people, and the fate of the planet itself, Mr. Putin said. Some experts and activists have welcomed Mr. Putin's call for a ban on AI disinformation tools, while others have dismissed it as a cynical and hypocritical attempt to deflect attention from his own record of using such tools and other methods to interfere in other countries and to suppress dissent and criticism at home. They have also questioned his sincerity and credibility, given his history of denying and lying about his involvement in various scandals and controversies. Mr. Putin is the last person who should be lecturing the world about the dangers of AI and disinformation, when he is the master of both, said Kula Kalyalide, a spokesperson for the Estonian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. For the record, in case I fooled anyone, I asked GPT-4 to generate this article. It's fake news. Obviously, it's nothing a human couldn't write themselves, but it also took me mere seconds to produce, and it barely even scratches the surface of what's possible. Indeed, of all the potential ways large language models could negatively impact journalism, disinformation at scale tops the list. Right below that is the potential elimination of journalism jobs. Happily, if that word can be applied here, I believe the first possibility greatly reduces the chances of the second. How does this play out? Consider what Steve Bannon famously told journalist Michael Lewis in 2018. The Democrats don't matter. The real opposition is the media. And the way to deal with them is to flood the zone with shit. Bait the tendency of large language models like Bing Chat and ChatGPT 
to produce inadvertent misinformation in their own faulty attempts to write statistically plausible truth has overshadowed their potential use as disinformation fire hoses that bad actors could use to muddy the waters of public discourse. Obviously, that potential is there waiting patiently when bad actors inevitably put these tools to such ends. I'm sure we'll see calls for new regulation tailored specifically to AI-generated disinformation. We may even see efforts to ban some AI technologies entirely in a globally connected world, though unilateral disarmament is not a viable strategy. As this governance process plays out, my chief hope is that legislators and developers try to work together collaboratively with an emphasis on long-term outcomes rather than reflexive attempts to halt progress in the name of reducing the risk of adverse effects to zero. No babies going out with the bathwater. However things evolve, I strongly believe that any effective strategy to neutralize disinformation, whether AI-generated or human-made, will involve using AI tools to detect such material. I also believe it's equally important, possibly even more important, to flood the zone with truth. What does that mean? Essentially, we have to make accurate, transparent, and truthful information extremely easy to find for anyone who wants to find it. In many respects, Wikipedia is a good example of what I'm envisioning here. It's a massive archive of fact-based information with transparent and rigorously enforced processes for adding and editing the information it contains. With Wikipedia, more clearly sourced context is always just a click away. You can link to the sources an entry uses as the basis for its narrative. You can see who created an entry and when, who edited it, what specific edits they made, and what other entries they've edited. You can see which edits were contested and why. All told Wikipedia makes it easy for users to see and evaluate how it has arrived at the truths it presents and consequently how much they should or should not trust those truths. Wikipedia leverages the efforts of thousands of volunteer contributors, but they're also largely building on the work of professional news organizations whose published output serves as the sources for a huge percentage of its entries. Had Wikipedia not been able to use 100 plus years of truth-seeking content from thousands of professional news organizations, it would not be the resource it is today. Of course, Wikipedia is just one site to flood the zone with truth. We need many entities working toward this end. News organizations can and should play a key role in this effort, which will require innovation and adaptation on their parts. News organizations know how the growth of disinformation affects their own perceived value. In 2017, CNN began a multi-year marketing campaign declaring its commitment to facts first. The New York Times has run its own long-term ad campaigns with messages like, the truth is hard and the truth is worth it. More than marketing, though, we need new processes and formats where verification context and accountability can be easily applied in very transparent, persistent, shareable, and easy-to-evaluate ways. What if every article published on nytimes.com or foxnews.com had a fact-check button on it, just as they now have buttons to email or tweet an article? This new button could trigger an audit from a third-party site equipped with sophisticated AI tools to assess the article on the fly, 
Are the statistics the article cites verifiable, appropriately contextualized? Who are the sources it quotes? And what additional information about them would be helpful? How does the story fit into its topic's larger context? What are the sources of any images, video, and audio the article incorporates? Are these elements genuine or synthetic? Providing this level of scrutiny for every article a news organization publishes might seem like overkill, and maybe it is. Certainly a human-powered system, like this would be too time-consuming, too costly, not feasible. AI gives us new superpowers, however, and we should apply them ambitiously in a world where hard to detect disinformation could mix freely with carefully reported, methodically verified information. We must do everything we can to make the good stuff easy to identify. What kind of impact might this have? For starters, it could quickly help sort the world's information into two basic categories. That which proactively encourages evaluation and verification, and that which doesn't. Of course, the problem with fake news is not just fake news, it's that so many people want fake news because it supports what they already believe to be true. Even so, what's the downside to creating a more visible culture of informational transparency and accountability, where the ingredients of at least some news articles become as legible and easy to check as the nutrition label on a can of soup. If thousands of news organizations, including those with explicit ideological perspectives, start flooding the zone with truth in this manner, we could potentially put a real dent in the market for misinformation. Section five, without journalists, there is no journalism. Throughout this leg of my journey, I've asserted that the spread of AI tools like GPT-4 will create once-in-a-generation opportunities for journalism and journalists. As I've also alluded to, though, the sticking point here is the current state of the journalism industry. It's hard to embrace risks that lead to growth when you've been stuck so long in survival mode. And yet, when the need for principled truth-seeking is more pressing than ever, there are clearly opportunities, especially for those who can figure out novel ways to capitalize on new AI tools as they come online. Leveraging new technologies as power is one of the main ways the journalism industry grew in the past and probably the main way it can do so. Again, what does this mean for individual journalists who want to stay relevant for starters? And perhaps, obviously, they should be doing everything they can to familiarize themselves with AI tools like GPT-4 and experimenting with new ways to find and tell stories. At the same time, it's also true that a constant refrain in GPT-4's thoughts on the growing impact of technology on journalism was its insistence on the need for a human touch. A few examples from our conversations. AI is a powerful tool that can augment and enhance the work of human journalists, but it should not be relied upon entirely, as it may not have the human judgment and experience required to report on certain topics accurately and ethically. Human journalists can apply their professional judgment, curiosity, and background knowledge to evaluate sources, data, and information, identify gaps, biases, and errors, and generate original insights, angles, and questions that AI tools may not be able to do or may miss. It's important to note, however, that AI-generated headlines and captions should still be reviewed and approved by human editors to ensure that they are factually accurate, ethically sound, 
and in line with the tone and values of the news organization. Sure, it's possible to read these utterances as blandly college old Brischoffs from a shrewdly flattering machine intelligence. That's the cynical take. I, for one, see so much truth in GPT-4's responses. Journalism is a very human business. It demands and rewards curiosity, creativity, a strong ethical compass, and at its best, a commitment to fact told through a lens of empathy. There are simple, practical matters in play, too. GPT-4 can't go to the scene of a fire and start asking questions. It doesn't know how to find a potential source at the statehouse and gain their trust over time. It lacks the moral reasoning and contextual understanding that come from living in the world as a human. In the end, then, my hope here is twofold. First, I hope journalists will actively, even aggressively, incorporate tools like GPT-4 to amplify their efforts and make them more productive. And second, I hope in doing so that journalists will also exert their human judgment and oversight in ways that make GPT-4 most productive too.